Welcome to the Common Ground Initiative. I'm Anthony Payton, and I hope to highlight the diversity of our communities with stories of people the average Granite Stater might not get to see or meet. The goal is to clarify misconceptions and find the thread that binds us all together as one New Hampshire community. I was 12 years old when I saw my first dead body. Calvin wasn't much older than me, and he laid there with two bullet wounds through his head that slightly protruded through the other side. I can only remember trying to avoid that fate, even though sometimes it felt inevitable. The more gun violence and death I saw and heard about, the more numb I became to it. At that age, in that environment, you don't appreciate life and death. Homicides later grew out of control, and soon our borough had one of the highest murder rates in the country. Most of these feuds resulted from drug dealing disputes and all of the ancillary parts therein. Jealousy, turf disputes, and revenge on enemies. Our life expectancy shrank with every homicide that happened around us. To the average person, it sounds unbelievable. But if you ask the at-risk youth who live in those conditions, they likely tell you that murder was a normal part of their daily lives. For my generation, economics was the motivating factor for violence. And for many young residents, the lack of father figures and good role models almost sealed their fate. However, my story isn't usual. I'm from a two-parent home in those housing projects. Still, I later became a significant player in some of the despair in my neighborhood. My parents held jobs and put us through summer prep school. We had bikes and toys for Christmas. Yet and still, once our stable and comfortable home was shaken by addiction and illness, I took to the streets to quote-unquote help out. Soon, that survival instinct became corrupted by money, power, greed, and the desire for respect. And the financial and material success one had from an illegal lifestyle can leave an aftertaste on a person who wants to return to society on the right path. This can spiral into a vicious cycle of risks and shortcuts, leading to incarceration and being released back into society. Some of my dearest childhood friends come from homes that foster chaos. Years later, those children became menaces to society that other at-risk youth idolized, and so the cycle continues. Murder, revenge killings, Rikers Island, a prison sentence. How's that for a school-to-prison pipeline? I have friends and family in the social work field who would be searching for the points of intervention, but I believe it should never get to this point. I'm a big proponent of utilizing people who've changed their lives for the good as a viable option for mentorship and gang mediation. Those men and women can become a point of intervention before the criminal justice system steps in. Carl Connor is a mentor with my turn who knows the streets of Manchester all too well. His home life was the typical story that engulfs at-risk youth. In 2020, Carl faced the biggest fear that every parent in violent neighborhoods could ever imagine. His 17-year-old son was gunned down, which left Carl's grandson without a father. Now 40, Carl reflects on his life and talks about important moments. His mother and grandparents raised him, and his father went away to federal prison while Carl was still in kindergarten. After his release, his father would eventually die from a heroin overdose. 
like most young kids who face similar circumstances, Carl went down the wrong path. Time stops for no one. Carl eventually began selling and using drugs himself while having his first child at 18 and a second child at 20. During that period, he'd lose a cousin to the streets, and his best friend was shot and killed over drugs. After serving 11 years in federal prison, Carl was released in May of 2019 and hadn't looked back since. As fate would have it, Carl was a DoorDash driver who made a delivery to Allison Joseph, the executive director of My Turn. This meeting would officially spark his career in mentoring at-risk youth from Manchester. Although the violence in Manchester is not on the same scale as in Brooklyn or Boston, the recipe for these disasters is all the same. And the pain of seeing a loved one inside of a casket or laying dead in the streets like I saw Calvin and countless friends due to drugs and violence is a feeling that transcends geography. If the 80s and 90s provided more options for young folks in my neighborhood, maybe things would have turned out differently for me. At that time, the programs offered didn't seem to be as assertive or spot on as programs like my turn. This is where I can see the effectiveness of this program. The program has gaming, recording studios for budding rap stars, and pizza parties. Those are the things that resonate with those kids. These are the activities that they love, which keep them off the streets and out of chaotic homes. And just as important, those battle-tested veterans from the street, like Carl, serve as mentors. When those kids see a man or a woman who walk their path, their message tends to hit differently. Seeing the calls of the world can show kids that their dreams are tangible and they can get off the path that they're currently on. My turn catches most of these kids at a pivotal moment where they can recalibrate and make those pro-social adjustments. In addition, this program helps with continuing education, job development, job training, and assisting youth in overcoming barriers that have been put before them. This is great for the kid who becomes frustrated with a lack of money and stability and uses his innate entrepreneurial skills to become a drug dealer. I know this feeling all too well. Any New Hampshire resident should be open to supporting initiatives like these. Getting involved can potentially change the life course of that young trigger man who's about to take another life here on the streets of Manchester. His victim could wind up being a relative, a friend, or like Carl, your own child. If you have a skill set, formal training, or life skills that you can pass on to others, I highly recommend contacting my turn should you feel philanthropic with your time. I believe the entire state should embrace programs like these because when we enrich the lives of our young residents, we build up our communities brick by brick. This program was produced in collaboration with me, Anthony Payton, the Granite State News Collaborative, and the Marlin Fitzwater Center for Communication. You can read more of my work at collaborativenh.org and listen to more of these stories wherever you can get your favorite podcasts. For an additional perspective on the power of respect, please stay tuned for a conversation with Allison Joseph, Executive Director of My Turn, Inc., here on the Common Ground Initiative. Welcome to the Common Ground Initiative. I'm Anthony Payton, and I hope to highlight the diversity of our communities with stories of people the average Granite Stater might not get to see or meet. 
The goal is to clarify misconceptions and find the thread that binds us all together as one New Hampshire community. I'm here with my guest, Ms. Allison Joseph. Hello, Allison. Please tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Hi, Anthony. Thanks for having me here today. As you said, my name is Allison Joseph. I'm the executive director of My Turn Incorporated. I've been working with My Turn for 15 years, just celebrated my 15-year anniversary. And currently, I live in Bedford with my husband and my two daughters. Well, you do a lot of great work in the community. I see you everywhere, especially on social media. What got you into the line of work that you're in? And you can explain that as well. Sure. Yeah. So that is a great question. It's definitely a complex. There's sort of a lot of reasons that push me toward a career like this, a a career where I get the opportunity and the privilege of helping other people achieve their goals. I think it started when I was very young. I've always kind of been sort of aware of the fact that the situation you're born into sort of determines all of the opportunities you're going to have over the course of your life. And you really have no control over what situation you're born into. Later on, I grew up a little bit, had the opportunity to volunteer over at Kids Calf. uh, And that really made me feel like that was the kind of environment that I wanted to be in, if you're familiar with that. Mm -hmm. So Allison, how does my turn benefit businesses and communities? Okay, so that's really sort of our specialty is serving the businesses and communities in the areas that we operate. Our core services revolve around workforce development and increasing financial stability for the families we serve. So we're constantly providing information around labor market data to the young people that we serve and even to the adults we serve, helping them identify what careers are locally in demand. So, you know, what what we're training for in Franklin, New Hampshire is probably not what we're training for in Manchester, might be different than Rochester. We're really looking at how we can best serve the businesses in the communities in which we operate, while also providing access to high quality in-demand careers for the people that we're serving. So, Allison, my daughter uses every chance to point out how old that I am, yet she keeps my heart really, really young. How do you go about dealing with such a younger population in a generational gap? Because I know you're hands-on as well. I've seen different video and photos of you in there with those young kids. So how do you go about dealing with that? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I just have to share that my eight-year-old also thinks that I'm tremendously old and very uncool. So she keeps me in check for sure. But I think as far as being able to relate to the young people we're serving, I've been doing this since I was 24 years old, so I was relatively young when I started. They kind of make sure that I'm in the loop with the, the changing trends. But yeah, I've I, maybe over the last five years, I've noticed there's some, some of the slang and some of the pop culture that I might be falling a little bit behind on. But uh, they definitely keep me young. It's, it's such a pleasure to work with people in that transition from sort of childhood to adulthood. They probably think I'm old and uncool more now than they did 10 years ago, but that's okay. <laughs> wow, that's great. So if I were to grant a wish, let's say right now, how would you help at-risk youth if you were a government official? Today you became a government official. What steps would you take to help those at-risk youth? Yeah, I think the first thing that I would do if I had my sort of magic wand and unlimited resources and approval would be to expand access to mental health care. 
reduce wait times for people in crisis to be able to access crisis intervention care. Something that I've seen change dramatically over my 15 years at my turn is the young people we work with, their willingness to accept that maybe they need some assistance in becoming sort of healthy in in that area of their lives. And it's heartbreaking to see somebody who needs help, who wants help, who's ready to receive help and have them not be able to get that help in a timely fashion. So I think that is probably the first thing that I would do with my magic wand. That's great. I support that all the way. So any upcoming events that you'd like to tell our audience about, like how can the public and businesses go about helping my turn? This is good timing because next week is incredibly busy for us. On the 18th, we are having a mural unveiling in Concord by Kimball Jenkins Arts Academy. We've been fortunate to partner with them over the summer on a really cool art internship. So we have young people from Franklin and Concord and Manchester who've worked together with Kimball Jenkins and with the artist Richard Haynes to conceptualize a mural and work collaboratively to paint it. And that is being unveiled at 6 p.m. at Kimball Jenkins in Concord. So that'd be a great public is welcome to join. We'd love to have folks show up and celebrate the work that our our students have done this summer. The following day, we will be at the Wenyon Gabriel basketball camp at Southern New Hampshire University. For those of you that don't know, Wenyon is a young man from Manchester who's been playing with the Lakers for a few seasons. He's back in town before he heads back to LA and he's donating his time to give back to the community. So we'll be there cooking for the kids and and celebrating community at that event. And then the following day on the 20th, we'll be unveiling another mural over on Bridge Street in partnership with the Community Canvas Mural Festival. That's with uh, the Arts Build Community Group. James Chase is spearheading that and our students will be volunteering, having little craft activities for young people to take advantage of. We'll have a panel with the artists and then you can catch our staff over at the We Are One Festival on Elm Street. So 18th, 19th, 20th, we'll be all over town. We'd love to see some friendly faces. So that's that's what we have going on over the next couple of weeks. And you can always visit our website at www.my-turn.org to see what other events we have going on. That is great. That is great. Well, thank you for coming here with us, Allison, and joining the Common Ground Initiative. But I have one more question. We're kind of like foodies here. We're kind of like foodies here at the Common Ground Initiative. So you're at home right now. You're hungry. You open up your refrigerator. You get ready to put something together. Or you're going out. What are you doing and why are we eating it? Oh, geez. Okay. So that's a great question because we're all foodies at my turn too. Like food is a big conversation. We start talking about what we're going to eat for lunch at like 930 AM. Gosh, you know, it varies. Some days it's tacos. Today, I my lunch spot lately has been Restoration Cafe in Manchester. I get the Mexican corn salad, the energized smoothie. It's the bomb. We share it in the office. So shout out to Restoration Cafe for keeping me full. <laughs> I need to get there because I've been hearing a lot of talk about that place and I need to get over there and become a part of it. Well, thank you so much, Allison, again for joining us. We hope to see you soon and collaborate somehow. I'm sure our work will intersect. Thank you for having me, Anthony. It was a pleasure to be here. This program was produced in collaboration with me, Anthony Payton, the Granite State News Collaborative and the Marlin Fitzwater Center for Communication. You can read more of my work at collaborativenh.org and listen to more of these stories wherever you can get your favorite podcasts.